Um, hey guys, this is Pete, and uh, I need to ask you a favor. Halloween is coming up, and you know, each year we like to get some spooky stories or some scary stories from our listeners. And I'm worried that Merce is going to lose her shit this year if we don't get any. So, like, if you could quell her anger by calling 570-PODWAD1 or emailing shout at yallheard.me with your spooky story or creepy event or even like a made-up anecdote, then I would greatly appreciate it because if Marissa gets upset, she might like, I don't know, cast some spells on you or something. But uh, at the very least, I know she's going to high kick me in the face. Again, that's 570-PODWOD1. You could call or text or email shout at yallheard.me. Uh, thanks. Thanks very much for saving my ass. Y'all heard? Okay, one, two, three. Hey, hey everybody. everybody. This is Y'all, y'all heard. heard. A podcast for me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related. And this is a podcast where two legendary rivals try to outdo one another with acts of friendship, fond memories, and Ooh. interesting things that we want to share with you. In the end, you get to choose which one reigns supreme. That's cute. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, how are you? I'm okay. Um, yeah. I've been having some weird dreams lately. <laughs> and this is the one that I had last night. I can't tell you necessarily like, like in a detailed way, but I can tell you this. <clears throat> in my dream last night, everybody was going crazy for Smash Mouth. Oh, wow. And like... I was like, but guys, Smash Mouth, you remember what they've done. Like, <laughs> they're not yes. great artists or anything. And, yeah. uh, and I remember, like, some of the band members were like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and the gist of it was like, since their front man died, the rest of the guys finally got the opportunity like that he was the thing that was holding them all back. Oh, from being like a good band? Yeah. And uh and then they had the opportunity to to shine brighter because of his death. And I was like, "But there's still Smash Mouth." <laughs> Remember that one song? <laughs> which which song do you consider the one song? The one that goes somebody won't tell me the what that one? No. Oh god, which one? The one that's when they cover I'm a Believer? Oh, okay. Walking on the Sun? No, no, no. No, none of these. There's a song called <laughs> Padrino. What the fuck is that? What did you like? It was never a single. Yeah, it was on their album. <laughs> Why do you know this song? And here's the little excerpt. I'm a connoisseur of the finer things in life. I'll talk any flick. I'll talk any flick with Al Pacino. I'm a man of respect, and I prefer to be addressed as Padrino. <laughs> no, but really, why do you know this song? Yeah, I, I think I had the album. That's your own fault, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was part of, uh, you know, one of those, like, Columbia House-type deals. But did you choose their album? Yeah, but it was a situation where it was like I had to come up with, like, ten or something like that. Okay, I give you that. If you don't know what Columbia House is, I don't even know how to describe it. I had Sarah McLaughlin's Angel, too. 
Okay. You see, I would pick that. I would give you a pass on that. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I discovered the cure through Columbia House. I think I win in this situation. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. You sound like you're not fully okay. And then another confusing thing that happened to me recently was I was walking home from work and a person stopped me. Like, I walked past this person. Wait, this happened in real life? Yeah. Okay. I walked past this person and then after I walked past them, I was probably like 12 feet away from them. Then they turned around and started to pursue me. Oh. And it was somebody who was looking for money. And I was like, I don't have any cash on me. I just have like credit cards or whatever. And the guy's like, there's an ATM over there. And I go to the guy. <laughs> the ATM gives only 20s. And he goes, yeah. And I'm oh, like, I'm God. not going to give you $20. <laughs> And then he goes, well, we can go somewhere and make change. And I'm like, I'm coming home from work. I just want to go home. Yeah. And he's like, you could make a friend here, man. And I'm like, oh, what? (laughs) When you put it that way. But his sales pitch was, you should give me money because my father (laughs) is a convicted murderer in prison. And so my father can't give me money, so you should. (laughs) Plus, plus, it would be you giving money to me, and I'm not a murderer, but my father is. (laughs) What a, whoa, that is a really long (laughs) pitch. I I, I gotta say, I feel bad for people who, who, you know, sincerely need money on the streets because nobody carries cash anymore. Yes, ATMs only give 20s, and I'm also not going to take a random person off the street to me with me to an ATM. And, no, those are the two points. But I, I just want to also say, talking more never helps this situation. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was talking to me for, like, I'm, you know, like, how time can feel slow. This guy was talking to me probably for five minutes, but it felt like an hour. And I'm just like, and, and his eyes were really watery and like, it was just like, he looked like I shouldn't give him $20, (laughs) but like a different kind of person. I probably would have got like, I'm not going to say a different kind of person. I would have given them $20, but there's a, there's probably a person who could come up to me and I would end up giving them $20. It's just, it wasn't this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, sometimes it's just a weird situation. So this is my challenge for you listeners. If you see me on the street, try to talk me into giving you $20. (laughs) But the thing was, after him extending the story and stuff, there was something in the back of my head that was like, just give him money so he'll go away. And then the other part of me was like, you told him you don't have money. If you start pulling out money now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I personally, when I lived in Philly, there were so many panhandlers all the time. So I would keep a couple singles readily available because there was no world where it's safe to take out your wallet. Yeah. Like, that is just, like, what you're not supposed to do. And so if I didn't have, like, a dollar available, I just wouldn't give it to anyone. And I wouldn't – yeah, you can't go to an ATM and you can't – guys – 
This world's a scary place. I actually I did offer know. to give him apples. I said I bought a bunch of apples this weekend at the grocery <laughs> store. I can get you some of those. Yeah, listen, just sometimes it's just a weird situation. And I want to clarify that I I give money when I can. But yeah, when when you have to like dig in your wallet, it's not a good it's not a good situation. Mm-hmm. I I don't there are some people that are like don't engage. Never engage. And I at a point I'm just like that seems really cruel unless unless they're like tweaking. But right. like I don't I don't I don't go by that situation. But yeah, you just you got to be safe, Pete. So, you know what? You did what you could do. Yeah. And I didn't make a friend that day. <laughs> and then later I was like, wait, did he mean I made an enemy? <laughs> Ooh! So I have been, you know, keeping my eyes peeled. <laughs> yeah. I Honestly, where you live, I would. I would keep your eyes peeled. Uh, I will also say, Pete, my mother called me semi, like, hysterically today. Uh, by the way, someone called me out and say the word hysterical the other day. And I was like, I'm a woman. Leave me alone. It's still a word. Yeah, like, I'm like, okay. Anyway. Um, Did you go, me- shut up, retard? Like, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, what? That's offensive, too? Yeah, so I, yeah. Anyway, I just sometimes, oh, God. Anyway, uh, oh, yeah, my mother called to tell me that basically the street I used to live on in Philly is in utter chaos. She was slightly wrong. She had it off by a block. So really, the two blocks away from where I lived. Mm -hmm. So I guess a bunch of stores got looted yesterday. So it's an unfortunate situation because there was a protest about oh I can't remember his name. Anyway, a Philadelphia cop killed someone and they got cleared of all charges. So then there was a protest. But then building off the protest, a bunch of people looted building um looted stores. But they looted stores when the stores were still open. And that is like chilling to me. <laughs> Cause there's just like two blocks from where I used to live and they looted the stores like eight o'clock. Like wait till people leave if you're gonna do that. I'm not. I am not saying no. Yes, <laughs> but I'm just saying like also like whoa. So anyway, that just I would say that where you live is not the safest, and I was just like fucking shit. That is terrifying. Luckily, anyway, no stores can stay open near me. <laughs> I well, I also read that a bunch of like targets are now like closing sort of preemptively because there have been so many unsafe situations mm-hmm. where they're located and I'm just like shit. Anyway, that's not how I'm doing. I just it was interesting to get that call this morning. Uh I periodically say I would like to move to the city and my mother I think said that to discourage me. Mm-hmm. Uh but anyway, um I'm okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm okay, I guess. But I'm going to Disney next week. So I'll be okay, I know, for exactly five days. <laughs> and then I'll be back to, I'm okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just the life I live. Okay, let's go to an <laughs> icebreaker. <laughs> icebreaker. Pete. 
So I will say, guys, preemptively, I will say that even though this is airing, uh, wait, will it be October when this airs? Yet? The last week of September. Mm, okay. Like two so, days from now. Okay. So I should have started with the spooky topics, but I ended up covering a topic that someone requested. However, I will tie in a little bit of spooky and say, Pete, entering the Halloween season, what is your favorite spooky song right now? Uh, so I was going to do my plug on um, my less desirable Halloween songs playlist that, okay. we, that we released to our patrons last year. And uh, Marissa made a companion one, a presumably more desirable <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> but uh, I was listening to that. That's got a lot of like lame songs on it. Yeah. That, you know, really caught my attention. I gotta say, I if I have to pick one right now, it's not even necessarily a favorite, but one that's popping out in my head right now is the Ghostbusters theme for Ghostbusters 2 by Run DMC. Okay. Sorry, when you said Ghostbusters theme, I, I immediately you, thought of Bobby Brown. So excited. I did. <laughs> I heard that. On the radio the other day. That's amazing. Insane. That's amazing that a radio is playing Bobby Brown. <laughs> and this was like more than a week ago. So it's not even on the verge of October. Yeah. And, and Aaron didn't know the song. Wow. And I was like, fuck. Let's anyway. Open your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay, Run DMC. I think I. What is that one called? Um. I don't know. Oh, okay. Wait, do I know it? Ghostbusters Run DMC song. That is... Oh, it's just Ghostbusters. Okay, that's what I thought, yeah. I actually feel like I might not have seen both both Ghostbusters in their entirety due to me being so young when they came out and I just felt I saw them. So I think I have to watch them this year. All right. Um, Yeah, I used to like those, those classic guys. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, cause I keep hearing people referencing a scene where like a ghost is giving Dan Aykroyd a blowjob. Is that a thing? And I don't think I witnessed that. So I was like, <laughs> I guess I didn't see that movie. Is that one or two? <laughs> I guess I didn't see that. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't okay. like, I cross a lot in my head with what the hell, but, uh, Okay. Well, okay, so the Ghostbusters rap by Ronnie and C came out in 1989, so I was three. So yeah, I probably did not watch this. Um. I presume then the other one came out. Yeah, maybe I didn't see either of them, and yeah. I just assume I did. I, I, I have like scenes from the movies in my head. Yeah. But, yeah. Um. There's the one where they have the underground goo. I think whichever one that is. Yeah, I feel like I've seen goo. I feel like you would like that one because the goo is 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 like feeding off of everybody's rage in New York City. Ooh. And the only way to, to defeat it is to have people like get along and stuff. Oh shit, I definitely have not seen that. Okay. <laughs> I remember goo. By the way, I could that. remember that wrong, but I do remember the goo being fueled by, by New York yeah. City <laughs> and that their their rage <laughs> point is interesting and i really wonder if that is accurate i'll let you know (laughs) um i have 
yeah, I have so many Halloween songs on my mind all the time. I love the, the, oh God, I almost said Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I love the Bobby Brown Ghostbusters song, not mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy. I love Pet Cemetery is my eternally favorite spooky song. But I will say, even though I hear the song every year, um, who, is it Houdini says it? Wait. The freaks come out at night? Yeah. Freaks come out at night is just, on my mind, it's being such a really good song again, like right now, because I just, uh, I listened to the Purple Stuff podcast and they kept mentioning Houdini. Actually, they mentioned two Houdini songs yeah. as like Halloween favorites. Houdini just fucking killing it with Halloween songs. Though I do love, like, I think I might have mentioned before that like, I liked the Freaks Come Out at Night for a lot of years, but I only really paid attention to the lyrics like last year when I realized that like the Freaks were just like him, like, like describing like, punk people <laughs> like they just have like people with like tight skirts and spiked hair and spike and i'm like oh because i like i imagine it was like ghouls at first but yeah it's not really but it's really fun i love that song and uh again i i can't do it enough times for you listener if you want to hear the freaks come out at night you can go on spotify you can look up buster rhymes Oh. And what is it? Bubba Sparks? Oh, God. Oh. It's actually Uncle Cracker. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> From the Scooby Doo 2 movie, oh, which is the same one that had Land of a Million Drums in it. <laughs> and that's a great song. Uh, I will just also say I just recently saw the video of the song. What is it called? It can't be this long of a title. The song that's like, I always feel like somebody's watching me. Mm-hmm. What is that called? I always probably somebody's watching me. Oh yeah, and guys, if you oh yeah, it's called somebody's watching me by Rockwell. I've had multiple people ask me. I don't know why they asked me, but yes, that is Michael Jackson singing the chorus. Mm-hmm. And now, should I segue? I why the hell not? Okay, unless you had something. I else. was gonna play a phone call for you, but it's oh. it's just a fax. No <laughs> noise. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, like I said, it's my bad for not starting off October with a spooky topic, but I have to do what the people ask for, because we very rarely have people sound off. But it's, it's a good segue into oh. it, because of Thriller. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're there right, you actually. Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago, my friend texted me, apropos of nothing, and asked me whether I preferred, or whether I thought Michael Jackson or Prince reigned supreme. Uh, after answering that I didn't really think it was I don't think it's fair to compare them uh, but if like I had to choose I mean duh I would always choose Michael Jackson uh, but I asked like why they asked me that and she said that one of her co-workers had asked her a similar question but she didn't understand why anyone would compare the two people hmm. so both of them had periods of pop- popularity that, that overlapped but like I always equated Michael Jackson like more with pop and Prince more with like rock and funk music and I also wasn't even really aware that the two were compared or pitted against each other until I recently saw the MJ musical on Broadway, when in one scene they briefly referred to a rivalry between the two. Uh, although until now, and I did this research, I wasn't really even sure like it was just like a professional rivalry or if there was like an actual like personal feud going on. Because I love Michael Jackson and I love Prince, but like, I was really young, like, when Michael Jackson released Thriller or when Prince released Purple Rain. So, like, it's all a little a little murky. 
So, um, so Alicia, you asked for me to cover a Prince and Michael Jackson rivalry. So that's what you're getting. Um, but before we dive in, I will just uh, share this Michael Jackson quote from 2006 in which he apparently said to Will I Am, quote, Prince has always been a meanie. He's just a big meanie. He's always been not nice to me. That sounds so, that sounds like Michael Jackson in 2006. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, however, well, I'm gonna let you do. I'm gonna let you do your. But I, uh-oh. I, there are people that I work with that also call me a meanie, and I think really? it's because I'm not gonna put up with your shit. Yeah, I <laughs> and mean, I could see Prince being like, "I'm not gonna deal with that Michael Jackson freak." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you a little bit about the feuds and you can be the judge. Um, so I'm obviously, well, not obviously, but I'm not going to explain who Michael Jackson is or who Prince is. But I will just briefly preface that they both took slightly different roads to stardom. Um, so Michael Jackson started as a child star on the Jackson 5 at just six years old. And then he went on to have solo hits uh, like as, as an adolescent through the 70s before he had his solo album Off the Wall, which mixed disco, funk, and soft rock and like catapulted him to stardom uh, in 1979. But then, once he released his Thriller album in 1982, he basically just made his way up to like total icon status, king of one, pop. One might say king, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Prince... Also started a bit young, but not as young as Michael. He signed his first record deal at 19. Um, and in the early stages of his career, he pioneered a funk subgenre referred to as Minneapolis sound. Um, he released a number of critically acclaimed albums, but they weren't really quite mainstream. Uh, there was Dirty Mind in 1980 and the album 1999 in 1982, among others. Uh, but when he really hit hit it like hit the big time was with his sixth album purple rain in 1984 i will also say if you're a big fan of either that is a total oversimplification but again i don't want to get into who they are i want to get to the feud so um while they both got their starts fairly young like i said michael jackson basically hit it big before prince did uh in fact apparently michael once said quote i don't like to be compared to prince at all I have proven myself since I was real little. It's not fair. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, while they're musical genres, there is some overlap. But while I would say that overall their musical genres and skill sets definitely differed, um, for instance, some would say Michael Jackson was the greater entertainer, while Prince was the more skilled musician. Um, They were both successful black musicians transforming the pop scene with their popularity perfectly overlapping in the mid 80s so of course the two would be compared because that's how life is and of course at times the two were pitted against each other they're both they're both pretty slight guys too with kind of like occasionally you might say like feminine quality yeah that is that is true i will say though prince is way more like oh yeah androgynous and yeah, yeah. and sexual is too the sexuality uh, but yeah fair totally fair assessment so now I'm going to mention um, three notable points <laughs> three points of note in the feud between the two uh, okay. I will... 
I just want to ask, is this a feud or is this like your three things you're comparing or three things like in an actual no, feud I'm between saying, the two? Like things that happen between the two. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, I would never dare one, I love them both too much, but I'm not gonna compare their careers or say like where one was better than the other. I'm really gonna talk about where they either fought or where people claim they fought. Yeah. I just so, I just Googled really quick and it says contrary to received wisdom, whatever the hell that means, <laughs> Michael Jackson could play instruments a bit. He's credited as playing keyboard, synthesizer, guitar, drums, and percussion on history, but none proficiently. <laughs> yeah, he exactly. He Prince was known to be the better musician and songwriter, but Michael Jackson did write some songs and he did play some instruments. So again, yeah. I'm not gonna put them head to head. I love them both. But let's talk about actually like face to face like, mm, quote-unquote conflicts, depending on who you ask. But let's start out with 1983, when James Brown brings Michael Jackson and Prince The birth on of stage. Pete Phillips. <laughs> on a, on a yeah. uh, uh, March? <laughs> when was I born? Anyway, go ahead. March, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> uh, at a show in 1983, James Brown invited Michael Jackson and Prince on stage with him, and it didn't go... Smoothly. <laughs> okay, at the time in 1983, Michael Jackson was like at the top of his game, still like riding high from the success of Thriller. And even though in 1983 Prince had had like really big hits, like the song 1989, the song Little Red Corvette, his fame was still not on par with Michael's at that point. So, as the story goes, James Brown was performing a concert when he invited Michael Jackson onto the stage to join the performance. Apparently, the two did a duet. Michael Jackson did the moonwalk. Everyone was into it, and they both received a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Now, according to producer Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson... Who then we can all trust implicitly. Yeah, so here's the thing. <laughs> this is, like, a lot of this is coming from, like, different parties. I'm going to try to say allegedly as much as I can. <laughs> I'm not saying any of this is 100% fact. But anyway, so according to producer Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson then whispered to James Brown, call Prince up. I dare him to follow me. Allegedly, James Brown then responded, who? (laughs) After repeating himself, James Brown stepped to the mic and told the crowd that someone named Prince would be joining them on stage. So sort of implying that James Brown still didn't really know who Prince was. Mm -hmm. So taking the opportunity, Prince then hopped on stage. He stripped off his top, just down, he just, you know, had his bare chest out, and he did his best Jimi Hendrix impression on the guitar. He then, uh, started doing something that some sources call singing, and some course, <laughs> sources say howling. He started, like, singing into the microphone and doing some sexy dance moves. He then headed to the right of the stage where some people say he leaned against a prop lamppost, but other people said he tried to swing from the prop lamppost. (laughs) And in doing so, the lamppost tumbled to the ground. Prince tumbled with it. Prince tumbled into the crowd and brought the lamppost with him. (laughs) Yeah, because he's a fucking rock and roll guy. (laughs) Yeah, so it was like kind of chaotic situation. Then James Brown like picked up Prince's jacket and like took it off stage to give back to Prince. 
And on a, a recently discovered recording of the incident, Michael Jackson could be heard mocking Prince afterwards saying, quote, he made a fool of himself. He was a joke. People were running and screaming. I was so embarrassed. It was all on video. That that sounds like a meanie. Yeah, that is all mean. <laughs> uh, I don't know who was saying it to, but... Okay, so now let's fast forward two years to 1985. And this is the year when Michael Jackson apparently asked Prince to participate in the USA for Africa charity hit song, We Are the World. So if you're not familiar, We Are the World is a very famous charity record designed to raise money for people affected by this famine uh, in Ethiopia. The song has a whole bunch of famous people singing on it, uh, including Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. They sing Lionel Richie, Cyndi Lauper, Bruce Springsteen. There's more. All of Wham? I think both of them were there. Oh. Oh, Wham! Only two people I didn't know that. I think Diana Ross <laughs> might be on it too. A whole bunch of people who were like total hits in the '80s. So Prince was asked to take part in that song, and he said no. But depending on who you ask, Prince's reasons differ. Mm-hmm. One newspaper claimed that Prince did not want to record with the other acts. Um, then there's guitarist Wendy Melvoin, who revealed in the book called "Let's Go Crazy" that Prince hated the song. "Quote." Prince thinks he's a badass, and he wanted to look cool, and he felt like the song for We Are the World was horrible, Malvoyne said. Another report stated that Prince did not want to take part in the musical session because the organizer behind it, a man named Bob Geldof, Mm -hmm. apparently called Prince a creep. (laughs) But whatever the reason that Prince decided he didn't want to be part of it, Michael Jackson was pretty pissed off. However, I guess... Still trying to like either to mend fences or maybe just trying to make the most of these two these two stars. Uh, two years later, Michael Jackson's producer again we're mentioning Quincy Jones. Michael Jackson's producer Quincy Jones tried to recruit Prince to collaborate on Michael's fav- famous song "Bad." Are you familiar with this at all, Pete? No. This is this is an interesting one. Okay, so oops, I lost my spot. Okay. Okay, so Jones said, quote, we invited Prince out to Michael's house to sing on Bad, and he was very intelligent about it, Quincy Jones said in 2017. Prince was always competing with Michael, so I told Michael, you sit there and Prince sits there, so it won't look like we're ganging up on him to do the record. It was a beautiful meeting, a funny meeting, and Prince said, you don't need me on this. It's going to be a number one anyway, which it was. So Prince basically, according to Quincy, like kind of politely said, like, you don't need me on this. But uh, Michael Jackson didn't take the rejection well, uh, especially since this was his second rejection from Prince, like in a pretty short period of time. However, I will say that depending on who you ask, like I said, the story changes slightly. And there's another layer to the story which I take as being slightly homophobic, but maybe I'm not sure. But let's. So there's another layer to the story, which is that Prince was initially somewhat receptive to the idea of collaborating on Bad until he saw the lyrics, which, by the way, didn't even realize this was a lyric. Specifically, he did not like the opening line that states, quote, Your butt is mine. And that turned him off from the entire idea. Did you realize it starts with your butt is mine? I mean, 
when you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that at the beginning. (laughs) I heard it, but, like, I never really took it in. Okay. In a 1997 interview with Chris Rock, Prince offered up his take. He said, quote, you know that Wesley Snipes character? So... I don't, I don't even realize Wesley Snipes was in the video. I haven't seen it in so long. Uh, so Prince says, you know that Wesley Snipes character? That would have been me. Now you run that video in your mind. The first line of that song is, quote, your butt is mine. So I was saying, who going to sing that to whom? You ain't singing that to uh, me, and I sure ain't singing that to you. So right there, we got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> However, one more layer. In 2017, Wesley Snipes told a different story, and he said, quote, Me and Prince were auditioning together, and I blew Prince out of the water. (laughs) Michael had told Prince that he had the role, and then he met me and kicked Prince to the curb. Imagine that. Not going to lie. I think Wesley Snipes' story is the least credible out of that. I feel like all of this stuff is just... Like, okay, we can ascribe these stories to Michael Jackson and Prince and Wesley Snipes, but ultimately, these are just different personality types. I feel like Prince is a diva and doesn't want to be on We Are the World because he wants to be the star. (laughs) Yeah, I think I do agree on that assessment. He, you know, in terms of bad, I mean, that's another one where I could see him being like, it's going to be a situation where it's going to be Michael Jackson featuring Prince, and I would prefer yeah. it be Prince featuring Michael Jackson. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. And then and Wesley yeah. Snipes. You just tell Wesley Snipes what he hears, needs to hear, you know, as the production yeah. team or whoever's behind yeah. it. You just tell him that so he feels good when he gets to stage because yeah. – I mean, if if I give you fuck, Mary kill, and I throw Wesley Snipes in there, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the one that you kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a fair assessment. And if, you know, if what Quincy Jones says is true, like Prince said, you don't need me on this. Like, I don't even know. It would have been cool, but, like, I don't... What would Prince have added to that? Where would his vocals have gone? Like, I right. can't even imagine bad with Prince on it. And, and maybe it would have been like, totally different, but... Again, I'm just thinking instrumentally, he could probably have have brought something to it, but <laughs> what again, about, you don't want to have just guitars by Prince, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know. And also, taking out the meaning, like it is true that if they're both there, it would be like one of them being like, "Yeah, your butt is mine," which not taking it even in a in a in a problematic homophobic way, like. It's, it's like they're like really sparring with each other and that might have seemed a little silly yeah but, that's true but um but like I think it's really funny that again from what we know about Michael Jackson he was sort of like a stunted child yeah in a lot of ways and I, I just think it's so adorable in a way that he would say your butt is mine and have absolutely no idea what that could possibly mean to Prince, yeah. who is so over the top, over sexualized yeah. and everything like that. And how he would be like, What are you talking about? My butt is yours. <laughs> like <laughs> Oh man, they're so different. I love it. <laughs> That's why like I almost feel like I would never compare them. Like, no, I'd never want to be asked that question again. But anyway. Yeah, it's like you said, you'd have to compare them on a criteria where you could yeah. say, Yeah, Prince is the better like instrumentalist. Um, you know, like you said, Michael Jackson's a better performer. He's he's got dance moves and stuff like that, which you know Prince did too. But um, 
but in terms of influence and everything like that, yeah. I think the yeah. public embraced, I think the public embraced Michael Jackson more, didn't really yeah. see the problems of him being in like music videos with monkeys and shit. And, yeah. and it makes sense because again, Prince was so, like, if, if the battle was happening today, I feel like Prince would be the one that, that the public would embrace because the public is just hornier now than it was in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, might be true. Might be true. But, um, God, I'm glad not now because I love my Michael. But again, I, I love them both so much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now, believe it or not, I just feel like it's so far out. But their nonsense apparently continued into the 2000s. So, in an interview with Esquire, I love, though, how, like, how everything is secondhand. So, in an interview with Esquire, Rolling Stone contributing editor Steve Knopper recalled a story once told to him by Black Eyed Peas leader Will I Am. Will I Am needs to get on the record. Yeah, this is, like, so many steps removed. Uh, But anyway, here's what Knopper said. Quote, uh, well, this is what... Knopper said, will I am sent? Okay. <laughs> when Prince was doing his Vegas residency around late 2006, Michael Jackson was living in Las Vegas. Will was a guest artist at the Prince residency, but he was also friends with Michael. So will I am arranged it for Michael to be a guest in the audience at Prince's show. No one knew it really, but Prince knew it. So there was a point during the show where Prince was playing bass and he came out into the audience with his giant bass. I don't know how giant it was, but that's what it says. His well, giant bass. He was so tiny. You know, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and Prince knew where Michael was sitting and he walked right up to Michael Jackson and starting started playing bass right in Michael's face, mm-hmm. like aggressive slap bass. And you might... Some of you might just say, like, oh, maybe we're just trying to show off to Michael. I will say that I know what aggressive slap bass is, and I would consider that a fucking affront. (laughs) I find slap bass only okay in certain instances. I find it very jarring. That is a personal opinion. I know some music people are like, what the fuck? Slap bass is awesome. I find it very intense and not my favorite. So for someone to do it in my face, oof. Anyway, (laughs) going on. But again, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, this is a fundamental difference between you and me. Yeah. Like, this is something I can do that you can't do. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I thought for a moment you were saying between you and me, like, you really love that face. So the next morning... Uh, Will went over to Michael's house for breakfast, and they were talking about Prince and the show. And then Michael goes, Will, why do you think Prince was playing bass in my face? Uh, Michael was apparently outraged. And then he started going on, saying, Prince has always been a meanie. I already said this one. Mm -hmm. Prince, he's just a big meanie. He's always been not nice to me. Everyone says Prince is this great legendary renaissance man, and I'm just a song and dance man. But I wrote Billie Jean, and I wrote We Are the World, and I'm a songwriter, too. So that quote really happened. It does seem like, you know, Michael is also sort of insecure because he's aware that people say that Prince is, like, the better musician of the two. And Michael's just, like, the entertainer. So uh, some other vague stories and unconfirmed rumors which i didn't include because like i said like they're either just like 
kind of convoluted or unconfirmed, uh, include Prince trying to run Michael over with his limo shortly after the James Brown incident. Nice. And Prince bringing Michael a box of what Michael believed to be voodoo items, (laughs) among other things. See, I like his moves a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) I like Michael's like, hey, you... you know, Michael, by way of Quincy Jones, is like, hey, you want to be on a song with me? And he's like, no, I'm going to send you voodoo item. Yeah, the voodoo item thing is, like, really weird. That's why I didn't include it. It just, it named the stuff that was in the box, which just sounded like random nonsense, and then Michael thought it was voodoo. I don't know, it was weird. Anyway, um, I gotta say, it's kind of sad, but it seems that Michael and Prince actually never got a chance to, like, ever, like, at least publicly reconcile in any way or, like, actually show that they became friends or anything before Michael's death, which came in 2009. However, at the end of it all, I mean, maybe Prince had a change of heart. Or maybe he never really disliked Michael and it was just for show. Or maybe it was, like, a Joker and Batman thing. Like, there's a love-hate and they need each other just to exist. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things. But basically, at the end, it does seem that even though Prince never made a public statement in response to Michael's death, according to many interviewers, Prince seemed to be deeply affected. So uh, author Tavis Smiley remembered talking to Prince, quote, for hours about his own mortality and what the loss of Michael Jackson really meant for him. Uh, And in one interview on French television, Prince simply stated, quote, it is always sad to lose someone you love. And in 2014, he declined to talk about Michael Jackson's death, saying, quote, I don't want to talk about it. I'm too close to it. And in tribute, apparently after Michael Jackson's death, Prince even began covering Michael Jackson's song, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, while he was on tour. So were they ever really feuding? I don't know. Seems like maybe they were like they miffed each other. They annoyed each other. But I'm sure there was love deep down. I find it strange that uh, this is all I've been thinking about since you said it. That he was like, I wrote Billy Jean. I wrote We Are the World. And it's like, We Are the World does suck. Like, song, like, <laughs> like half of the song is just repeating We Are the World, We Are the Children. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't think that's a great, that's not a song I I enjoy either. But, I mean, it is, I think, uh, it might be the most popular charity-related song ever released. Well, yeah, but... (laughs) So, I mean, you could, you know, like, brag about that. But, no, I I, I know. I mean, I I will never... Which is also why I believe that it could be true that Prince read the lyrics and was like, that shit's corny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, and even... I mean, I would never argue that Michael Jackson was like a better songwriter, but um, but again, I hope may I never be asked for the rest of my life to compare. But again, Michael, Michael always. I'm going to ask you to do it right now. Okay, Michael, always. No, no, no. I I uh, presume that most of our audience listening knows this, but you didn't mention that part of the success with Purple Rain was the accompanying film. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that respect, in terms of acting, who are we going to pick? I thought Michael Jackson sucked at acting. (laughs) Based on what? 
just that he you uh, it could have just been like he you you like he 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 can't be somebody else because you already know who he is it could have been that or maybe just that his voice was just so weird when he would speak (laughs) i mean i did yeah i will say okay but i know you're a big fan of captain eo so (laughs) yeah i would say multiple things when Michael Jackson needed to be, like, an innocent, I actually like his acting. I love Captain EO, and I think he's great in Thriller. Um, being, like, trying to be, like, an innocent, playful guy who then just turns evil. Uh, his eyes turn yellow. Yeah. <laughs> I do think smooth criminal, like, when he has to play, like, a tough guy, I think it's weird. I don't know that I think it's bad, but I think because of his voice and the way he carries himself, I think it's weird. Yeah. And it's hard to like separate Michael. Like it's it's hard to not bring Michael's baggage into Michael's roles. So when he's anything but an innocent, again, I'm not saying innocent in terms of crime. I mean like an innocent person he's playing. Uh it it's it's hard to buy. Um so I would definitely probably say Prince. However, I will say as crazy as it is, I've seen uh purple rain but i was like a child and i don't think i've seen it as an adult so i mean i really think i should see it again as an adult but i'm gonna assume it's better than michael's but i love michael no actually no i'm just gonna say tbg i'll get back to y'all because again when michael jackson's playing an innocent i love him if you haven't seen captain eo you should watch it (laughs) or you can go back to our episode on captain eo from 100 years ago I every time I go to Disney, I know like the exact location of like where the Captain EO poster used to be and where it used to like play, and it just makes me kind of sad. And I'm going to Disney soon. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I assume you you would say Prince. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I I, I wouldn't push back on that. Because he was the star too. It's like yeah, that that is. He true. had to carry the whole thing. Just him and Apollonia. I mean, Michael Jackson was the star of Captain EO, but Angelica Houston had a role that was significant as well. Also, a bunch of puppets. But anyway, um, yeah. So that's 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 it. I mean, it's it's not. It wasn't this like. I don't find any viciousness to this feud. I more find it a silly feud. So. That's mostly it. There, there's like nothing like so so insane, and I kind of like it. I wish every feud was just kind of like a little silly because this one yeah. felt a little silly to me. I think it's like you said. Like they probably, uh, you like somebody out there. Maybe you had a similar sort of thing. Like there's a kid that you don't like that you go to like high school with, but the high school is so big that you, it's not like you see that person all the time. But each time you see them, you kind of like exchange glares. Yeah. And then you just move about your day. <laughs> and if yeah. somebody was like, hey, person, what do you think of Pete? They'd be like, I don't like him. How come? I don't really know why, but I just don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, do you think people would have compared them if they weren't both black men? No, no. Yeah, right? Like That's, why, that's why I was trying to think of like a contemporary sort of comparison, and I could only come up with like Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's like annoying because, again... There are some funk elements to, and some rock elements to Michael Jackson's music, but I would never be like, yeah, they're playing the same kind of music. 
Yeah. Like, you're just not. So that's why it's, like, annoying. And I'm just like, I shouldn't have to answer that. Why are you comparing them both? Uh, I'll say, too, I feel like... I feel like... I don't think this is controversial, but I feel like Prince was a little bit more of an explorer, too, when it came to music. He didn't seem to give a shit if anybody was listening to what he was putting out. Yeah, yeah, I think... He was like, I'm gonna go into this direction and, you know, try some things over here. And... I think for Michael Jackson, it was always, I mean, I don't think it was his personal pressure, but I think he was constantly pressured to, you know, put out solid gold every single time. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think you're totally right. And if you want to see more on that, watch the MJ musical, which is now touring and you could see it outside of New York. They should sponsor us. I love that. <laughs> that would be anyway. fun for our first sponsor. <laughs> to be MJ's musical? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's it, I guess. Plugs. Do you have any plugs? Um, well, like I said, I wanted to plug that playlist. And, uh, you know. It's a fun one. Get out there to the Patreon and then just keep scrolling. You'll find it eventually. <laughs> okay. I also liked um, the Amazon Prime original series, Harlan Corbin's. I think that's his name. Or Coben. I don't know. Shelter. Oh. And yes. it was like just like a mystery thriller type show uh, with kids in it. Okay. With like high school kids. And uh I just thought they got a, a nice mix of people in there. I thought that the lead guy was the least compelling person, but um his friends and everybody was it was they were like a cute band of kids trying to figure out like why people are being murdered and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. So if you're um, looking for something like moderately dark to lead you into the spooky season worth a watch okay and i am i actually should have saved this and it was just one song i am going to plug that either if you haven't heard the song or if you didn't realize michael jackson was involved to re-listen to the song somebody's watching me by rockwell who again it has guest vocals by michael jackson in the chorus and i didn't realize it but also jermaine jackson so it's a really fun song and yeah, Michael Jackson's vocals are just so, so buttery smooth in it. And it's a good song overall. <laughs> Your butter is mine. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I actually, I want to get off this and watch bad. Can't believe I did it. Just, I love knowing it starts with that really like silly kitty <laughs> lyric. Like it seems like such a like silly little lyric. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I love Michael Jackson. But also doesn't it really like he can't say that's the other thing. Do you think that if Michael Jackson said, your ass is mine, that that would mean the same thing to Prince? I know he can't say that, but... Yeah, no, I know. No, I get... Yeah, I don't know. What What even... What could you have said, your something is mine, besides but? I don't mean tush instead. I mean, instead of derriere related. Like, how could he have started that song instead? I guess just your mine, but then the... That the sounds like love. Different. <laughs> oh yeah I've just concluded there's no way Prince could have been on that song <laughs> I feel like Man. I'm going to get there but 
we don't have the airtime. <laughs> Man, I'd pay to, to just get a glimpse of what that could have been. Your reputation is mine. Also, I gotta watch the video again. Yeah, all right. There we go. I gotta see the video again because I don't. Does Wesley Snipes mouth those lyrics while looking Michael Jackson in the eye? Like, I, don't I don't think so. Yeah, I just remember running in that that video. (laughs) I only remember every time I think of bad, I instead think of the video for beat it because it's so iconic, so much so that I forget what the video for bad is like. So Mm. I don't know. I'll watch it when I get off the when I get off this. But anyway, um, guys, if you have any recommendations like Alicia did, uh, call us at five seven zero pod wad one. If you do have a recommendation and it's not spooky. I'll probably keep it for, like, after Halloween. Uh, we would love a spooky recommendation. And, Pete, where can they email us? You can email us at shout at yallheard.me. If you're like, I don't like email and I don't like the phone, then you could always text us at 570-PODWOD12. I'm you sorry, that's always- PODWOD1. Oh, also. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good, good call. Uh, you would always uh, DM me at wristvandal on Instagram. Uh, I will also say, just a heads up, uh, I'm on my honeymoon next week, so we do have an episode, but it's like a weird, it's like a, I bring the Patreon content to the masses, so it's... And this it's isn't cool. one of our, we're going to release something that was on Patreon to the masses. This is, we're going to do something that's Patreon and the masses at the same time. So it's new stuff. Yeah, so just uh, a little, a little bit, uh, a little bit of a different kind of episode uh, next and week. And if you don't like it, it's shorter, so... <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't like it, too bad. I'm on my honeymoon. Eat my nope. Eat my butt is my <laughs> guys. Uh, stay safe out there. Holy shit, Pete! I can't believe it. Is everyone in your life getting COVID? Because everyone around me is getting COVID. I think my boss might have just gotten it. Yeah. Yeah. So stay safe out. Stay safe out there, and cross your fingers that I don't get COVID in Disney World. Bye. Yeah, hi. Hi.